Hello and welcome to Pickleball Therapy, the podcast dedicated to your pickleball improvement. It's the podcast with you in mind. My name is Tony Roig. I am the host of this podcast. I am a master teaching professional. That is my main role in the pickleball world. And it is my pleasure to bring to you these weekly podcasts where we explore different uh, concepts that will help you broaden your mind, play better pickleball, focus better on pickleball court, all the things that we need that are greater than a third shot drop. And there's nothing wrong with a third shot drop. It's a perfectly fine shot, but there's so much more to pickleball than that. And in this podcast, we explore those. This week, we're going to talk about two different areas. One is I'm going to solve the mystery, not solve the mystery, but I'm going to explain the mystery of the phone ring that we have at the beginning of every episode. Um, there, it, it engendered some feedback, and I want to uh, take an opportunity to explain to you why the ringer's in there and to make some suggestions on how to address the ringer if it's something that is, uh, you know, you'd like for it to be something different, which is perfectly fine. And then, but before that, we're going to talk about um, productive metrics. And uh, we're going to talk about the metric that is right for you. What is your productive metric? Because too often when we play pickleball, we get hung up on metrics that are not only not helpful, but that actually end up being potentially destructive to your game. So we're going to dive into that today. As we get into the podcast, I'm going to keep on telling you this. We got camps coming up in Dallas. CJ and I love being on the court with players who really want to grow their pickleball IQ and just their knowledge of, of I guess it's kind of duplicative but or, or repetitive, but you know, understanding pickleball, right? You want to know more about what are my objectives? How does this game put together? What's the, what's the picture of pickleball look like? And we, we love teaching those. And so we have some camps in Dallas coming up in November. If you have a chance to join us, it's an amazing opportunity to get on the court with CJ and I. So highly recommend you check those out. You can go to pickleball, uh, betterpickleball.com uh, forward slash pickleball dash camps. I'll put a link in the show notes so you don't have to uh, write that down. And uh, check that out and see if you can join us. It's going to be an amazing time and a lot of learning. All right, let's talk about metrics. And the what we're the issue we're running into when we have when we're looking at metrics is, you know, they tend to be sometimes pretty. Uh, they tend to bring us down. And the metric that's most commonly used out there is win-loss, right? Uh, did I win or did I lose? If I won a lot of games, great. If I lost a lot of games, bad. We're suggesting that there's a world in which you can apply a metric or a series of metrics that are much more productive and that are going to give you a much healthier and better relationship with pickleball. And additionally, will also help you become a better pickleball player. You'll be able to use these metrics to improve your pickleball play. Win-loss is simply not a good metric. I'm going to put a link in the show notes to a, 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 an article that we wrote about the productive metrics so you can print it if you want to and have it with you on the courts or, or you know, rely, re, or look at it from time to time. In there, there's a reference to a, a prior uh, blog that we wrote, article we wrote about uh, the win-loss metric, basically debunking that metric. So I'm not going to do that in this podcast. So if you want to know more about that, check that one out. What I want to do is I want to get into two different types of metrics that I want to talk about today, and I want to give you some ideas to, to pick a metric that's right for you. The first grouping are big picture metrics. These are metrics that will help you greatly improve your relationship with Pickleball. Because here's the thing, Pickleball is about much more than I won a game, or I didn't pop the ball up, or whatever, whatever your, you know, your current game-centric metric is, 
there's just so much more going on with this game and there's it offers us so much more that these big picture metrics will help you uh, grow as a player and enjoy the game more so what you would do is if you pick one of these metrics one of these big picture metrics is the way you would use it is you basically say i want to lock this metric in this metric resonates with me i'm going to tell you which one resonated with me and i've already taken action on it i took action this morning on it um is you know i'm going to pick a metric i'm going to lock it in meaning this is my metric right and then i'm going to measure myself against that metric I'm going to start forgetting about winning, losing, and things like that. And I'm going to focus instead on the metric that really will improve, just improve everything about my relationship with pickleball. So let's jump into the big picture metrics. The big picture metric number one that I'm going to, is, is a, as a group, is becoming the best partner. And think about being the partner that when your paddle comes up with anybody else's paddle on the court, there's a huge smile goes on their face because they're like, oh, I get to play with fill in your name. That's just an awesome thing, right? And pickleball is not just a social sport, right? Social in the sense that we get to talk to other players and, and meet other people and things like that. Literally, we play it in a social structure. Why? Because we're playing doubles. And doubles is a team sport by definition. A small team, two players, but it is a team. So the better that your teammate feels and the better that you feel being out there, the better the energy is, the better you're going to perform. So... The first thing we're going to do is we're going to talk about some things that we can do to um, take away negative conduct that we have. And then we'll talk about some like layering out some really positive conduct that we can add to it. And you can think about it in terms of, um, you know, basically stop doing these first. So the metrics I go through first and then add the other ones later. And these are sub metrics underneath the, you know, becoming your best partner. So partner metric number one is to remove the dreaded eye roll, shoulder slump, or that verbal uh, or exhalation that happens whenever a partner hits a shot that we don't like, whether it's a mistake, whatever it is, right? We don't like the shot. It's human nature to have an adverse nonverbal, so like the eye roll, things like that, or verbal reaction is you don't like the shot. So if you're a player, for instance, and you know that you do this from time to time, lock this metric in and and pay particular attention to when you're doing those things the next time you play. And what will happen is, A, you'll, you'll notice it, right? So you'll be more aware of it in the moment. And if it's appropriate, you can say something to your partner and say, oh, I didn't mean anything by that or whatever you want to do there. But here's the key. You're going to create a, an aversion to it. You know how like, like you get aversion to certain foods? Maybe, maybe you ate something and you got food poisoning sometime. So whenever somebody serves that food, you're like, ah, I can't eat it. Same here. What you're going to do is create a negative aversion to that behavior in yourself, meaning you rolled your eyes, now you feel bad about it because you noticed it and had a reaction to it. And so little by little, your brain says, I don't like it when I eye roll, so I will stop eye rolling and you'll start removing it from your game. But it becomes a very useful metric, right? Because you're noticing a thing that you do, which objectively you can agree is something you should not do, right? Because it's negatively affecting your, your, um, your partner. And so you're going to start getting those out of your game. So that's partner metric number one. And if this is the one that affects you, I would stop here. I mean, listen to the rest of the podcast, but this is the metric I would write down. Partner uh, metric number two is offering corrections only when up, like the right time and when your partner is open to receiving that. I, I personally offer corrections, okay, when I play, but I do it, I've, I've learned, I've, I've, I do it better and better every time that I, that I go out there, and I've, I've gotten pretty good at it now, but basically I will ask, 
at the right time, I will ask, you know, I can, may, I, may I tell you what's happening? Particularly, they ask, right? Like, why do I keep missing that? You can ask them, may I answer that, right? Or is it rhetorical? They don't say it's a rhetorical, but that's what you're asking, right? May I answer your, your question? And the right time. The right time usually is at the end of the game, not in the middle of a game. That's usually, you know, usually a less productive time to, to provide feedback. So feedback only if, uh, if asked for um, or if uh, they're open to it and at the right time. This may not apply to you. Maybe you're not a, a correcting player, but if you are a correcting player, check yourself on this because sometimes it's well-received. Sometimes it is not. This partner metric number three is a super good one that my partner, CJ Johnson, um, reminds us every camp that we have. Remember, I said camps are fun. This is one of the things that we talk about there. It's the, the, and the, the metric here is turning towards the middle. It seems like a minor thing to do, but turning towards the middle after every single rally sends your partner the signal that, you, A, you're not upset. There's no misconstruction, right? If you turn to the outside, turn away, maybe you're upset. Maybe you're rolling your eyes at the same time. They can't see it. You turn towards the middle. You establish a little bit of eye contact. You avoid that potential um, misinterpretation by your partner, and it's just a good way to reconnect with your partner um, after every rally, good ones and bad ones. So there's not like, you know, good ones I turn to the middle and, and you know, high five and bad ones I turn away and, and roll my eyes or something, right? So turning to the middle is really, really valuable a metric. It's a really good metric to add to your repertoire. If you do the other things well, so you don't offer, you know, advice that maybe is un, un, uh, uh, unre unrequested, right, or not welcome, and you also don't roll your eyes and things like that, turning to the middle will elevate your game. And then partner metric number four is tapping paddles or offering to tap paddles. Paddle tapping is the quintessential pickleball thing, right? We do it after every game, unless you're Riley Newman, in which case you don't, but that's okay. Uh, but we tap paddles after every game. We, you know, Tapping paddles between rallies is, is super good. Uh, there's a ton of research done on, on teammates high-fiving, butt slapping, whatever it is, right? Some sort of physical contact between them really elevates how they feel and how they play. So uh, that paddle tap is just such a, such a good thing to do. And then the next one is, then I'm going to give uh, credit to uh, that pickleball guy, Kyle Kazuda here for, uh, maybe mispronounced the last name, I apologize, but but he's a, a good content creator, younger, uh, younger player content creator. Uh, he wrote a blog about a year or so ago about partner stuff. This one was really good. It's about positive feedback, but here's the key. Make it specific, right? So again, if you're saying nice shot, that's fine. But if you add a little bit to it, it'll take it to the next level. So that's a really good metric you can add. And now we're going towards a positive, right? Now we're really improving our, our partner game, if you will. And this last one is, is kind of like a, like a super special one that you can maybe put in your back pocket, and uh, but be aware of it. Sometimes you'll have partners who just they're, just, they're just in the sticks, right? They're in the doldrums. They're just in a bad place. And if you can find a way to turn that around for them, that's next level. That's, you know, now you're, you know, you're, you're going to put your, your photo up on the pickleball facility as like pickleball player of the week or something. But be on the lookout for that, right? When you have a partner or a friend or someone at the courts who's just, just in a bad place, see if you can help out. Hey, recommending pickleball therapy, pretty good way to start, but that's a really, a really good one there. So, uh, you know, that's just a really good way to, to these metrics on the partner play will really help you up your partner game, as I mentioned, and will, you know, make you that player that everybody looks forward to playing with. And there's, there's really nothing better than that, that everybody just wants to play with you as their partner. So add those metrics if, um, um, to your game and they'll really help you out. All right, let's move into big picture metric number two. 
So this one is, these had to do with like being a, a pickleball ambassador, basically trying to help grow the game itself. One thing you can do is you can keep extending your hand back down the ladder. Too often in pickleball, and I, 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 if you haven't seen it, you will see it, but it's so common out there, which is that players improve and then they turn their back on the ones that are behind them, which is boggles my mind because the players who improved used to be back there, right? used to be in that group. And now that they moved up to another group, they just want nothing to do with their, their prior group that they used to be a member of, right? But how did they improve? You know, they improved because they were able to move up, right? The, the, obviously, they're now playing with a, the more advanced players, if you will, with it in quotes. But, you know, they're playing with a different group because they were welcomed in by that group. Imagine if that player had not been welcomed in. So it, it just boggles the mind that this is how we do it, but this is what we do. Just be cognizant of it, right? And what I would suggest to you is, is make an extra effort, right, to play with a court that maybe you don't normally play with and say, hey, you, you know, especially if they need a fourth, you need a fourth, jump into that game, play the game. And here's the thing, believe it or not, you can get a lot of really good work in when you're playing under your level a little bit. And the way you do that is you work on the things you need to work on. So say you, you're going to work on your dinking or your resetting and stuff like that. Take advantage of that game to do that. Work on your resets, work on your dinking, work on letting out balls go, work on parts of the game that perhaps are more, more difficult for you to work on when you're in a stressful situation at level. So uh, extend your hand on the ladder is a really good way to do it. This next one is the one that I'm actually, uh, I've added as my metric and I've already started working on this, which is giving the gift of pickleball. I think too often we forget that someone gave pickleball to us, right? There was someone, you know, uh, maybe you saw it on the news or something, that's possible. But for many of us, pickleball was given to us as a gift by someone else. Just think right now, just, you know, take a moment and think, is there someone in my life who a friend, a family member, just a loved one, whatever, someone who could benefit from pickleball? It could be as simple as, you know, they just needed a good activity. Great. It could be more, more extreme, right? Loss of a loved one. That's a, an extreme you know, uh, situation for somebody. Pickleball is a great way to get out of that, the doldrum there, right? The, just the, the dark place they may be in. You know, exercise, weight loss. There's a million reasons to play pickleball, right? Think of someone who could benefit from pickleball and give the gift to pickleball. Why not make that your metric, right? And feel good that you're, 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 you're giving this wonderful activity, a wonderful sport to somebody else. Not whether you won or lost that last game, because frankly, at the end of the day, I bet you can't remember how many you lost or won, you know, three months ago. So anyway, give the gift to pickleball. That, that'll be forever. And this last big picture metric is basically just going, you know, go out of your comfort zone and force, not force, but yeah, force it. Force a conversation with someone who you haven't had a conversation with, right? Find a way to have a conversation with someone at your courts who maybe you haven't had a connection with yet, Right. Even perhaps the player that maybe on the court, they're a little gruff, but they seem nice off court. You might learn something about them that might make you see them a little bit differently when uh, you're out on the court and maybe they're acting in a way that you're like, oh, I wish they were a little different. Maybe they're just going through a really bad time. A million different things happening. Talk to someone new. That's your, uh, that's your uh, big picture metric number four. You can also think about it in terms of welcoming someone new. So if, if you happen to be in a situation where you know, you're in a facility or courts and a new player comes in, someone who doesn't know anybody, why don't you be the first person to go over there and say, hi, how you doing? Can I, you know, are you looking for pickleball? And then talk to them and figure out where they're at. They, they might even be the best player at your facility that you haven't met yet. So, so anyway, that's not the reason to talk to them, but just talk to someone new. That'll be a metric there. 
All right, let me give you some play metrics now. So these are metrics that you can use that actually apply to your play, right? These are metrics that you could, that literally relate to how you perform on the pickleball court. The other ones are big picture, as I said. So the first one we're going to talk about is no net, please. The only player, object, anything you cannot beat is the net. You can even beat the out of bounds because your opponents might hit the ball. But the net can't beat it. And, and what you can do is to really improve your play, just get the net out of play. And the way you do that is track your net shots. Whenever you hit the ball into the net, just pay attention to it. And you'll be like, oh, you know, I'm not the net, right? And then that'll adjust your, your shot for the next time. If you're a, a system member, you understand trajectory and energy. You can adjust your trajectory, which is part of your self-correction inside the system. Um, but the no net, please radically change your game. And here's the thing. It's a super actionable metric. It's not just a metric that you're going to sit there and think about. It's something you can actually do something about. So that's play metric number one. Play metric number two is to focus on your return or serve or pick any other shot that's really vexing you and focus on that one shot, not on 50 shots, not on 30 things, not just on one shot. The reason we said return of serve as the, as the exemplar shot is because that is the most, that's the shot's critical. You got to have that shot, right? And so that's a great place to start with this project. Uh, but let's say your serve's been, you know, bugging you or your four shots or the, this volley or that shot, whatever it is, make that your focus so that your all of your energy is focused on that one shot that you really need to focus on. That's actionable. And that'll that'll improve results because as you focus on what's going on, your shot will improve. When your shot improves, everything else follows along with it. Playing metric number three is hitting the better shot. So that's a little bit mushy, but let me, I'm going to explain it. You'll understand. So, so basically think about it this way. There are tendencies that we have, right? Patterns, ways that we that we you know in, interact with the sport. Uh, an example might be like, you know, every time the ball goes here, I do this, and that's probably not the best thing to do. If you have something like that, right? Some something that's a that's just, or I never, I don't make it to the non-volleyball line every time, or you know, I keep on rushing forward on the third shot, and I'm getting smashed. Whatever it is, right? That's a shot or a movement or a strategy, a technique. Uh, find it, right? Identify it and then lock it in. And once you lock it in, then you start working on it and that becomes actionable as well. Which leads me to the word of the week, which is actionable. A lot of times we get mired down in, um, and it, it's impeccable and in life, in things that simply aren't actionable. They're just, uh, they're not irrelevant, but they're not something we can do anything about. You know, it's, uh, I was, uh, I, uh, you know, t just chatting with CJ the other day about, you know, we each have, uh, we, each, we each head up a YouTube channel, Into Pickle and Better Pickleball. And our two channels, they, they, they you know, players watch our, our videos and everything, so it's not, that's not the issue. But, you know, like there's a video that I came across that was um, uh, Lee Waters melting down over lobs, right, which happened during a, a tournament probably a year or so ago. And that video has close to 300,000 views. Now, there's nothing technically wrong with the video, right? But it's not actionable. It's just entertainment, which is fine. But I can tell you that that both on the Into Pickle, our Into Pickle channel and our Better Pickleball channel, we have videos that are highly actionable, will radically change your game that have 1,500 views over the last two years. So as you, you, know, as you look at information coming your way, um, including this podcast, you know, we try and make what we tell you here actionable, right? We try and give you tips and advice that you can actually do something with and that will help you out. So actionable is a good way of framing out what you're doing so that you make sure that you're doing stuff that, 
uh, it's going to uh, be beneficial to you and help you out in the in the long run. All right, uh, we're going to jump into the riff in a second about the phone ringer. Why does the podcast always begin with a phone ringer? And I also want to talk about you know some uh, some some of you who. Uh, that ringer doesn't uh, resonate for you, right? It's uh, it's it's not agreeable to you. And uh, again, no criticism. It's perfectly fine for you to feel that way. And let's talk about that in the riff. Before we do, something that I'll mention enough on here is that uh, you know by now probably that we have the course called the Pickleball System, which is our one year long. Let's get in there and 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 do soup to nuts on on your entire game, right? But there's other ways to interact with CJ and and me in terms of coaching. And one of those that I wanted to mention to you is an eight-week challenge that we have. Uh, it's available at betterpickleball.com. Uh, in our under our classes, there's a there's a button that says uh, classes on it. You go to that button and it's down there. Uh, there's other courses like singles and stacking. So if you're if you're more advanced and you want to really learn stacking, I know a lot about pickleball. I know even more about stacking. So stacking is my jam, uh, and it's such a powerful tool. But this eight-week challenge that CJ put together is just a really good challenge to you know, like get in shape better with pickleball related moves, right? So you'll be doing exercises and, and things like that, but there is stretching exercise, but they're all around pickleball, which is cool because you're working on the moves and things that, that'll help you uh, when you're out on the court. So check that out and see if it's something that interests you. You can uh, find that again at, at the Better Pickleball website and I'll put the link down in the show notes. All right, so let's talk about the phone ringer. First, I'll give you just a story as to why that uh, is part of the podcast. Um, and then I'll, let's talk a little bit about the ringer and, uh, and, um, you know, what perhaps we can do to reframe the ringer in terms of how we receive it. Um, so the ringer was actually, you know, I started the podcast about three years ago. This was before I started a little bit before CJ and I got together, as I recall. So, um, and I just wanted a place to chat about pickleball and the riff is actually just this, just some opportunity to talk about something like this. Uh, I wanted to bring some valuable content that I just didn't feel was out there. There's very little in the mental part of pickleball out there. And uh, anyway, so that that was the reason for the podcast. And so I'm, I'm sitting down to record the podcast and I'd started the podcast. And um, my wife, Jill, and I kind of joke about the fact that I'm usually the caller. I'm, I'm usually, you know, I reach out to her. She's very independent. So not that she doesn't love me, doesn't reach out to me, but it's, it's more frequent for me to reach out to her. So I just started recording the podcast and I get a phone call, and it's Jill calling me. So the phone rings because otherwise it doesn't. It goes to silent. So the the podcast captured the recording equipment captured the phone call. So I thought it was kind of cool that all that Jill had called me during a podcast. So I captured it and have always used it since. Now some of the the <clears throat> some of our um, our uh, reviews and listen, I appreciate all the reviews. I don't care. You know, you give us whatever stars you think are appropriate for us and give us the feedback, please, because this is in response to not just one. I think there are two or three reviews that had this note. And the, the note, the and again, no criticism, please. I'm absolutely not criticizing anybody here. It's perfectly fine to feel the way you feel. But the review is something to the extent of, you know, love the content, but don't know why there's a ring at the beginning. It's kind of stressful, you know, I, life's hectic and, and then I get this ringer in my ear and then I have to wait for that before I can listen to, to the podcast, to Tony's podcast. And again, no criticism about it, but here's what I'm going to suggest to you. I actually thought about changing it, right? I said, well, okay, it's been a while, maybe I'll change it. And, and then, but then I thought about it and I was like, you know, it's part of the identity of the podcast. Now you understand a little more about why it's in there. It's not like I didn't literally go try and find a phone ringer to put it in the podcast. It has to do with the podcast, or at least the history of the podcast. 
but what I would suggest to you is maybe, you know, reframing the, your interaction with the ringer, perhaps, um, you know, and I'm not a psychologist, so I don't really know exactly how to do this, but it's something like this, like, you know, what's coming after the ringer is going to be, I hopefully a soothing voice. Uh, I guess it depends on the week, right? But my voice, but hopefully a soothing voice and hopefully a good message that'll help you with your, uh, with your pickleball and your relationship with pickleball. So perhaps that's one way to reframe the, the noise you're hearing because it is noise. It's a ringer, um, to get past that. And you can use that same kind of process while you're playing pickleball, you know, and not just you, I mean, everybody who's listening, because here's, there's going to be things that happen when we play pickleball that are not to our liking, uh, whether it's somebody walking behind the court or outside the court or, uh, you know, a loud noise near the court, something like that, right? The better able we're able to focus on what's relevant to us and, and perhaps quiet down some of the noise out there. And again, I'll agree that a ringer's noise. Um, perhaps the stronger we will be as we'll become as pickleball players. So hopefully that helps uh, frame it out for you a little bit more in terms of the, the sound and also with the, um, um, you know, with how to use this and to turn it into a positive process uh, for ourselves. Um, as always, uh, you know, rate and review the podcast. Really appreciate uh, y'all rating and reviewing the podcast. Uh, the number of reviews has gone up significantly. I believe the podcast is reaching many more players because of it. Um, so if you've reviewed us, thank you very much uh, for giving a rating and review. If you haven't done so yet, no problem. But if you have a moment to do that, really appreciate you doing that on any platform you listen to it. Uh, if you happen to like the video uh, type of view, we have the Pickleball Therapy channel on YouTube. Check that out. It has the slides behind me as I'm speaking. Plus, you get to see me smiling pretty much all of the podcasts. I really like the podcast. So anyway, thanks very much for reading and reviewing the podcast. It's been a pleasure uh, doing the podcast for the last three years, and I look forward to another, I guess, another three years of podcasting. Uh, as long as you will, um, as long as it has value, I will continue to do this. Um, anyway, I oh, almost forgot. Remember. If you enjoyed the podcast, share with your friends. If you enjoyed it, they probably will too. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time.